0: Hey guys, this is Josh with the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Man, this intro's lame, guys. I'm gonna do my own. Hey guys, it's Josh. Listen, Paul and Todd, they're just not competition anymore, and honestly, they're immune to my trolling at this point, so I need your help. Head over to MultiplayerSquad.com, sign up for our Patreon, and come hang out with us. You get access to our exclusive Discord server, where we have an incredible community of gamers just like you and me. We've got memes galore! Plus, you can help me troll Paul and Todd on a regular basis. More importantly, you'll help support the show and allow us to continue to provide amazing content twice a week. What's not to love? What? Hurry up! we're about to start the show Uh, okay guys do it multiplayer squad.com go now before the show starts hurry ah it's starting
1: up up down down left right left right ba start hello squad mates and happy monday If this is your first time joining us, we are the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, where we get together and have family-friendly conversations about gaming. And on Mondays, we cycle between two types of episodes. Either it is a deep dive into a specific game, or it is a bonus round episode where we dive into a particular subject. And today, we are recording a bonus round episode. We are going to be covering the Nintendo Entertainment System, better known as the NES, sharing some of our memories as children when it came out and discussing some of the games that released for it. And also please remember to subscribe and rate our podcast 5 stars. We are also going to be reading some reviews on our show, so if you can, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps support the show, and it's free. It doesn't cost you any money to do. There's obviously no ads on the show, so the least we would ask is just to leave us a review and help us push toward our 200th review, and we just might read yours on our next episode. So in the words
0: of Josh, help a brother out, man. Help a brother out, man. I, I will say this, since I'm the one that reads the reviews, I will 100% read the 200th review. Uh-oh, no matter what it says? No matter what it says. so <laughs> Good or bad yes, review? Yes, good or bad, it is getting read right on the show. So help us push to 200 reviews. That is a big milestone in the eyes of Apple Podcasts as well. So it's really going to help us out. Um but uh yeah, I feel like you know you might be the the millionth caller or sure. Customer. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's just the chance that I'm willing to take. I'm I'm throwing it out there, Paul. Oh, all right. I feel like I need to delete my review and wait <laughs> until
1: there's one ninety nine and then get mine in there. But all right. So yeah, please please leave a review for the show. And I'm your host, Paul, the Mario of the podcast, if you will. Which would make my partner Josh the sidekick
0: or the Luigi of the podcast? I, I can dig it. I'm clumsy. I'm goofy. I don't generally do much right, you know. So, and I can't believe you didn't say it. it's a me, a
1: Paul. It's
0: I know, right? It's a me, Mario.
1: I'm gonna win. So we are gonna be diving into the NES today. I thought this would be a fun conversation. I mean, this is a system. That is quite old. <laughs> it actually <laughs> came out before I was born. No, it did not. Oh my! It goodness, did. Man. It did. I well, remember. it released in it released in Japan before I was born. But <sighs> we are going to be diving into this very old console. And even if you did not play the NES when it came out, I still think you should stick around. A lot of our stories are just going to be personal stories about gaming growing up. We'll definitely keep it lighthearted. I think you'll find it interesting. And we will dive into some of the individual games, including a couple games that I read about today that I had never even heard of. So we're going to be diving into a lot here for the NES, so we are just going to jump in and get started. And to kick things off, I do have just a couple of interesting facts about the NES
0: that I just thought I would bring here to the table. Are these going to make me feel old, Paul? Oh, they're is gonna this, make you feel very is old. It? Okay, that's great. Because that's I, that already <laughs> happened once, and we're only five minutes in, so <laughs> we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna bring as many old references
1: as oh, I can. Man. So the NES originally released in Japan in 1983, a whole year before I was born, and it was released under the name Famicom. I do remember that. Totally different branding, and it came to America in October 1985 as the NES. It released with an introductory price of $179, and it sold 62 million copies worldwide, and Nintendo controlled 85 to 90% of the global video game market. So this is a console that was incredibly universal. Almost everyone you knew had an NES at their home, and if, if you didn't, you surely knew someone who did. And it sold 34 million copies in the U.S. alone. And I did want to give a shout out to our Discord member Phelps, who is one of our Patreon supporters. And he just posted a question in Discord the other day asking, what is everyone's first video game experience that they can remember? And for me... That was a great question. Great question. I thought that was a great one to ask. And for me, it revolves around the NES. And as I was thinking more and more about my early NES memories, I thought, surely Josh has some stories, I have some stories, so why not do this for a bonus round? So that was kind of the inspiration. So to kick things off, Josh, do you remember how you were first
0: introduced to the NES? Boy, do I ever. So you were 17 years old. No, I was not that old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was, to give everybody, you guys can do the math at home, I was seven when the NES came out. I was at the height of a young kid that wanted to play video games, and then this console comes out, and it is earth-shattering. And we didn't have a lot of money. I don't even know what $170 back in 1985 equates to, but it's an awful lot of money. Like, that is, that's a that's a chunk of cheddar, as they would say. I remember wanting one. My parents were like, "There's no way we're ever buying you guys a hundred and seventy-dollar video game system." <laughs> I didn't have right. a job. I was seven years old. It was just one of those things where we, you know, we we were hoping that one of our friends would get one. So disappointment ensues for a while. I have an older brother. Shout out to my brother Jesse. You know, like brothers, we were mean to each other. We would, you know fight each other and just all that good brotherly love type stuff. So my brother, his room, we actually built him a room down in the basement. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know why we just, you know, th- we had rooms upstairs, but I guess we figured we'd put him in the dungeon. So yeah. That know, way so. if there
1: was a flood, he's the
0: first one to exactly, go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that, that's like, it's like a warning <laughs> system as well. Cause he'd come running up the stairs. So anyway, my brother lives down in the basement. I'm home. We come home after school one day. I'm doing something and faintly, I hear this, this sound. Okay. And I'm like, what, like, what, what is that? Like, and I'm, I start looking around the house. I can't hear any, like, I can't tell where the sound is coming from. I, I start listening down the stairs to the basement and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's coming from down there. So I go downstairs. My brother has the door to his room closed and like any good younger brother, I sneak up to the door and I start listening and all I hear is whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> And I'm like, Jesse, what are you doing in there? And he goes, Go, go away, nothing. (laughs) So he had bought a Nintendo entertainment system with money that he had made from mowing lawns and like doing paper delivery. Oh, man! Like newspapers, you know, riding his bike around the neighborhood and delivering papers. And he had saved up all of his money and he bought an NES and he tried to hide it from me because he didn't want me wow. to play it. He knew that I would harass him and say, give me a turn. <laughs> and so to try to keep it from me, he he hid it. I, f- I mean, obviously I heard it, but that was my very first like seeing one in real life, like getting the experience to watch somebody play one. It was great.
1: That's some dedication for him to probably even lose out on some time playing and just wait until like you weren't around. So Jesse saved up and used his own money. How old was he at the time if you were seven? Thirteen. Thirteen? He was thirteen. That seems like
0: a lot of money to save up I at mean, that age. I, the, dude, he had a paper route. I remember him getting up at like five o'clock in the morning and like riding his bike around the neighborhood, delivering papers, mowing lawns. I don't know how long he saved up for.
1: Talking about your brother doing newspaper routes, it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes from Mitch Hedberg. He said that he had a paper route, and he would either have to go to 500 houses or two dumpsters. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that was funny. All right. So for me, I was trying to think of the first introduction I had to the NES, because video games were not a part of my world at all. My parents did not care about video games. I am the oldest sibling in my group, so I didn't have an older brother where maybe it would be on his radar. And my family, one time we went out to dinner at a family from our church's house. And they were a family that we were pretty familiar with. They had three boys who were all older than me. And so whenever they were done with their clothes, which were probably hand-me-downs to all three of them, then they would come to our house. And so I would get these, like, fourth-generation hand-me-downs. And this has nothing to do with gaming, but as a side note, I remember one time they gave me a bunch of hand-me-down whitey tidy briefs. (laughs) No! And I told my mom, I was like, I am not wearing these. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So I was always the
1: very good kid. Like I never spoke back to my parents or anything, but that was the one time that I was like, no, I'm drawing my (laughs) line in the sand. I am not going to wear these. All right. So anyway, that was the Fogelson family. Now they had an NES. And so we went over there one time for dinner and I remember a a group of kids because there were some other families from church and they were all huddled around the TV and they were all playing blaster master On NES, and I have that memory burned into my brain. I remember seeing it, having no clue what it was. I did not know what an NES was. I had never played video games, and I remember asking them like, "What was it?" And they said, "Oh, it's Blaster Master. You're too young. It's a really hard game. You can't play."
0: Oh. And I was
1: like, "Oh, all right." And so then I just left and I went to one of their bedrooms to just go play by myself because they weren't going to let me. Because
0: that's what I would have done.
1: Yeah, I didn't cry. I didn't care. Like, I didn't know what video games were. I was like, oh, I guess I'm just too little to play it. And I just remember this because I so rarely got in trouble as a kid. But I went into one of their bedrooms, and the kid had a table saw that was just sitting out on his wooden table. And, of course, since I was bored, my parents are out chatting in the living room, all the other kids are playing games. I thought, well, what better thing to do but to play with this saw? Like a I'm real saw. It, like an a actual real wood table saw. saw a sharp table saw, and I said, I'm going to take it to this kid's desk, (laughs) and I'm just going to start sawing. Now, I did not mean for it to be like vandalism. It was not out of revenge because they wouldn't let me play. I just thought, hey, this is what you use a saw for. So I think I must have been like four years old at the time, and I remember getting in in really bad trouble about this. No, wait. How far through the desk did you saw? (laughs) I think it was only like half an inch, but it was like a nice long
0: line right through the middle of this kid's wooden table. That is awesome. I bet they never told you you couldn't play NES again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That, after that, I had a had a reputation. So, yeah, word, word got around. Paul will take his revenge. Yeah, so that's the first time I remember seeing it, but I didn't actually play it. The first time I remember playing the NES... I don't know if it was the first time, but it's the earliest I can remember was when my parents decided to go on a trip. And they left me and my sister staying at a different family's house from our church. And my parents were gone for, I don't know, it was like five or six days. And it was the first time they ever left us overnight at another family's house. And it was the Davies house. They had an NES system. And I remember just playing NES the entire week. Like, that's all I did. There were no limits on screen time. The glory days. Oh, it was great. They had two boys and a girl. I was right in between the age of the two boys. And so we would play a ton of Mario. And when my mom and dad flew back into town, my mom made my dad immediately go back to the Davies house. And she was so sure that me and my sister were like crying and waiting for them to come back because we'd want to go home. (laughs) That as soon as they yelled, hey, Paul and Miranda, your parents are here. We ran and we hid from my parents. Oh, no. So
0: my sorry, mom, yaya.
1: sorry, Yaya Arizona, who's one of our Patreon supporters, uh, we flipped it on her where then she was like crying. Cause like we tried to hide and stay longer. And for me, it was just all about that. NES. I just wanted more time with it. And I remember my mom, when she reflects back on it now, she says, that's when I realized that like, I needed to leave you guys more often. Like it was probably good for us and her. You know, to have, have a little bit of time elsewhere. So that was I. what I remember as the first time I actually played NES. It was like a full week straight. So... oh oh, one other memory from that time. So anyone who's not familiar with the NES, the game system ran on cartridges. And so the console was kind of goofy. It had like a big door on a hinge. You would flip that open. You would push the cartridge straight in... But then you'd have to push the cartridge down, and it would lock into place. And then you could close the door or leave the door open, and the game would just run fine. Well, to release the game, you would press down on the game, and then if you let go, it would unlatch and pop back up. Well, one of the kids was playing Mario, I think it was Mario 1 at the time, and I I didn't know what, how the console worked. I just saw it. And so I pushed it down. Oh no. And they immediately started screaming, saying, don't let go, don't let go. And so I was holding the <laughs> cartridge down.
0: Because it would turn off. It would screw yep. up the
1: game. And the older brother Ben said, don't you dare let go of that <laughs> cartridge. You're going to hold it there until I die or I beat Mario. And I remember as a kid being so freaked out because he was older and more intimidating. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I had no idea, and I remember holding that cartridge down probably for what was like two minutes, but in my mind it felt like a real- it felt oh, like yeah. an eternity. So yeah, that was one of the things about the NES with the cartridges. You could push it down and it would still work, but as soon as you'd let go, then it would turn. Well, do you off.
0: remember when they would start breaking and you would have to like, you'd have to rig it? like oh, ours yeah. ours got so old at one point that you had to like wedge like something in there to hold the cartridge yeah. at just the right spot because to make the up better and down contact me- well the up and down mechanism was broken so like it would sometimes randomly pop up and then kick you out of the game and so we would like wedge stuff in there to make sure that it didn't like pop up and yeah, the cartridges would go bad. You'd have the one cartridge that you'd have to blow into and all that stuff. And yeah, those those things oh, yeah. weren't the most durable things, or they were just getting used like gangbusters and just getting worn out over time.
1: Well, and just knowing kids probably dropping them a lot, spilling drinks on yeah. them. Yeah, they probably weren't <laughs> taken the best care of. Yeah, that that kind of reminds me. I remember I had a laptop. That uh, the memory went bad. And I remember reading on online forums, and everyone said, just stick in a piece of foam and then put the door over the RAM. It'll just make better contact. And then my laptop worked just fine. Yeah. But everyone's NES had like jimmy rigged solutions to get it to keep running. Oh, yeah, so there's absolutely. either duct tape, foam. You know, something stuck in there. The door
0: would be broken off, so you'd, you'd have oh, yeah. the one friend whose door was just <laughs> missing. And yeah, it was it was funny, man. Those things had a personality of their own. Oh, they 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 definitely did. So so you guys owned an NES. We did own an NES, but funny funny enough, I think I've told this story before. But my brother was not super good at letting me play the NES, and so I wanted to get my own. And I mm-hmm. had started saving up money. And I remember one summer my parents were very much like, if you do work, like we'll pay you for it. So I remember my dad, we had to build like a trench from our like the basement to out to the street so that we could run like some PVC pipes so the basement wouldn't flood and, and drown my brother down there. <laughs> right. You know, so safety's important. Right. And so it was like I, I mean it seemed like it was a hundred yards, but we had to dig this like four foot deep trench, like a hundred yards from the basement to the front of the street. And my dad told me he was like, if you dig this trench, like I'll 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 help you, I'll give you the rest of the money you need to get a Nintendo. And I was like, absolutely. It took me like three weeks to dig this trench. <laughs> I'm talking it was the worst, man. I my head blisters over my fingers. I would do this all day long. It was just the worst work ever. I finally completed it. They gave me like the last like 60 or 80 dollars I needed to, to go. I was super pumped. My mom takes me to Kitty City, which was like Toys R Us back in the day. Uh, and I walk in, I'm just this is the best moment of my childhood. And sure. where they keep the pallets of Nintendo's is just empty. And only thing no. left on the wooden pallet says Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System, like one sixty nine ninety nine or whatever, and they were gone. Oh, and man. then right next to it was a pallet Sega Master System. <laughs> and uh-huh. my mom was like, "Well, how about one of those?" And I was like, "I don't really want one of those. I want a Nintendo." And she was like, "Well, aren't they the same thing?" And I was like, "Just I get one, I could one of those not. other Nintendos." I could at, like at I think maybe I was seven <laughs> or eight at the time. I couldn't fathom waiting another week for them to get more Nintendos, so I bought yeah. a Sega instead. Oh, you folded. I did I bought it right then and there. I mean it actually worked out well because then we had a Nintendo and a Sega. So it actually worked out well in the end, but it, you know, I wanted my own Nintendo and I just completely caved to like I want it now and bought a Sega yeah. instead. So I, I did that's how I got, you know, a, a lot of experience for Sega games and stuff like that. Um, and we could trade off that way. So it actually worked out pretty well.
1: Yeah. So not to sound too much like the old guy, but like younger kids these days, like (laughs) they have video games at their fingertips, free mobile games from, I mean, my three-year-old plays games on our Google home or, you know, on our phones. When we were younger, you had to go out to an arcade or you had to be lucky enough to have an NES. And so if you worked that whole summer trying to save up for one, that was a huge deal because you just didn't have access no. to games like that. Yeah.
0: And I don't know, I mean, it, you probably remember, but then it was either your buddies had a game that you wanted to play, nobody really trusted anybody to like lend them cartridges, like at least not in right. my friend group. You could come over <laughs> to my house and play this game, but you're not there's no way you're ever taking the cartridge out of this house. Because you'll lose it or you'll break it or something will happen to it. But the other thing we could do is you could go to, like, Blockbuster Video or where I Mm -hmm. lived, West Coast Video, and you could rent games. And they had all the games lined up on the walls, but you could never get, like, the popular games because they were always rented out. And you would run into the store. Remember, you'd see, like, the display box, and you'd run in and you'd look, and then the box with the actual game wasn't behind it. And then you were like, no! And then you wound up renting some crappy game you didn't want to play. I'm sure I drove Blockbuster Employees wild, but I remember
1: I'd always go in and check, and then I'd say, can you check the return box and see if
0: anyone's returned it? And they'd just sigh, and they'd be like, yeah. No, no Mario 3. No, it's not in, it's not in the return <laughs> box. But every now and then it would be. Every it now and be. then they'd be like, let me check. And they'd be like, oh, yes, yeah, somebody just returned it. And then you're like, yes!
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. All right, so you guys had an NES, and you bought your Sega Master System, and we did not. So video games were not allowed to be bought in our house. I remember my parents thinking that if we owned a video game system, that I would become addicted to them. And ironically, I think specifically because it was withheld... That's why I'm so attached to video games today and have a video game
0: podcast that I help host. I fully support that belief a hundred percent. I never got sugar when I was a kid. My parents uh-huh. never bought like the sugar cereal. We never got like ice cream. Like we, I never got sugar as a kid and I have the biggest sweet tooth now. I will cram sugar into my gullet <laughs> as fast as I can because I never had it as a kid. It's so funny how some of that stuff can just backfire
1: on you as a parent. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes those values will just perfectly translate to your child. And then other times it just goes exactly the opposite way where it's like, yes, I finally have my freedom. I'm going to fully indulge in all these video games. Now that I can,
0: I tell my kids they're not allowed to exercise. If I see them jog up the <laughs> stairs, I go like, Hey, slow down. No running in the house. You know, that way one Don't day, you they'll dare just eat your like, broccoli. Yeah. They'll be like Olympians. It'll be great. <laughs> That is actually very funny you mentioned that, because
1: I remember trying to convince my parents for why it would be a good idea to get an NES, and I had a friend, Marcus, who had an NES, and he had a little game called Track and Field, and he had a power pad, which you would lay on the ground. This was like the oldest version of a DDR pad. I remember the power pad. Yep. It had a whole bunch of buttons. And in track and field, you would like run on the pad between like, you know, one and two or whatever. And your guy would run and to do hurdles, you would jump and then your character would jump. And I remember telling my parents, this is good exercise. You're always telling me I need exercise. I can do it with this video game. And I, and I was completely serious. Like I wasn't even trying to like sell them on the idea. Like I was laying out my case and it it never took. So that was not a good enough argument to get the NES in our home. Yeah. But I thought
0: maybe that power pad would be my way in. I've tried the the Wii fit adventure, the ring thing, oh, the yeah, balance yeah, yeah. yeah, sport. I've had all of the exercisey type video game. The only exercise-y type video game that works is my Oculus. And and that's games where I have to, like, duck and bob and weave sure. and shoot things really fast. And then I'm like, or the boxing game that I have, which will put you on your butt, man, because that game will wear you out. But that's the only exercise slash video games I've ever seen work.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. And, you know, if if you're really into it, it really can be really good exercise. It's not the worst thing in the world, but... That that did not go over well with with my parents. So we never had an NES. I th- This might sound a little bit like a sad story, but I just think it's so funny. And I think I might have told it once on the pod already. But I craved video games so badly that one time we went to an old store that's no longer around called Pick and Save. It got taken over by McFrugal's and now it's Big Lots. So it's the equivalent of today's Big Lots. And they had VHS tapes... They had a whole series called how to score more points in Nintendo games. And my mom would sometimes give me and my sister a budget and we could go pick something out. And I would buy those VHS tapes and vicariously live through skip Rogers. This is all permanently in my brain. I can hear the theme music. I can hear how to score more Nintendo points with skip Rogers. And he would go over like five games and The advice was nonsensical. Clearly, this guy didn't know anything about games. You can still watch it on YouTube. It's up there, and it's so incredibly funny to watch now. But it would be like Mega Man 2, and he would give some pointers, and you'd see gameplay footage, and I would just watch it over and over. I feel like I was one of the original (sighs) Let's Play watchers. Like This became a thing on YouTube. I was doing this in 1989 just with VHS tapes.
0: Just watching... Shows about video games, yep, oh, exactly man. I'm sorry, and Paul. you know what I thought it was amazing. I loved it. It
1: wasn't even like a sad thing. I thought it was great. if you can't play games firsthand, this was you know the
0: next best solution, so were you like really good at those games if you got a chance to play them then because you'd been studying them so much? You know, most of the games and the tips were really
1: dumb, or they were games I never played, but the one thing that did help was Mega Man Two. They did give a couple of pointers. Fight this boss first, because then you can use that power against this boss. And you want to do that because this boss is resistant to, you know, whatever else. And and some of those things I did remember for a long time. And if I went to a friend's house with Mega Man 2, I could tell them, you know, no, go fight Metal Man first because you're going to want his power, you know, some some things like that. So I think that's a good transition. Let's jump into some of the NES games. So I know you made a little bit of a list. I'm going to let you just kind of take over this part of the show let's let's just toss some games out there and then we can just have some conversations when, when you think back on nes w- what's one of the games that comes to mind
0: all right I'll, i'm gonna mix it up a little bit um contra since you since you oh, started yeah. the show with uh-huh. the konami code <laughs> <laughs> trivia how many extra lives did that give you paul Depends on which Contra. The first
1: Contra, it was 30. It was if 30. If it was Super C, you only got 10, and they changed
0: the code. It was a different one. Yeah, no, I, I'm talking about the original Contra. Yeah, so you yeah, had 30, 30 lives. lives. Which was not enough, by the way. It was, was too hard. How many lives did you get without the code? It was not many. Was it like three or it five? It was three.
1: If three? I, remember, oh, I could man. be
0: wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was three lives. And then if you played two players, so if you played co-op, you'd get six lives between the two of you. And then I'm pretty sure now it's been a long time. So, but I'm pretty sure that the lives were shared as well. So Uh, if you and I were playing and I died four times, like you were (laughs) real mad at me at that point because, because I kept dying and using up the pool of lives. So Contra, man, I just remember playing this game with my friends. This game was so hard, man. Like, there's a whole, like... Brutal. There's a whole thing called Nintendo Hard, like Nintendo Hard, because these games back in the day... I mean, you got six lives to beat the entire game. And this game was insanely hard at the same time. One-shot kills. Yeah. This
1: was no... If you were Mario and you were big, it would knock you down to small. It was not like that. It was just... If you got hit by any stray bullet... You were dead.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how, but that man, that game was so fun because one time out of a thousand, like everything would just fall into place. You'd get like the spread shot, which would let you like run and shoot the the, the five bullet spread. Your buddy would have the machine gun or whatever. And you guys would just, it's like, it's like the planets aligned, everything came together and you and your buddy were just completely in sync. And tearing through these levels, and it was just incredible, man. And that game for me was one of the ones that stood out as so much fun to play. You're cheering your buddy on, unless he kept dying, in which case you were like, dude, quit dying, man. We've just only got off. two lives left. <laughs> <laughs> Give
1: the controller to Jesse. He's yeah. got more experience. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Contra first. I was afraid you were going to bring up a game I had never played. I really remember Contra having a few things. I don't know if they were the first to do this. Probably not. But I just remember it being really cool. You would fight like... You'd have to break down a wall or take down a big machine and it would have a weak spot. And you would have to get on the right ledge and lay down. And then you could fire into the weak spot and take it down quicker. I remember as a kid thinking that was awesome. And then also some of the levels, it would switch where instead of running from left to right, you'd be running like, a way into the screen, and you would have to uh, avoid, like, laser beams and things shooting at you, so it would actually switch, even though it was all a, a 2D, one-directional game, it would switch between those two axes, and I, I always thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I Contra is obviously an iconic game, but man, I remember that being so hard, That's why the cheat code was so necessary. And even then, that's the crazy thing. Even with 30 lives, you you still wouldn't beat the game nine times out of ten. Like, that's crazy. All right, so here's one. I'm going to throw this out. Let's just change the pace. Did you like Dr. Mario? No. No. I, I hate not. Dr. Mario. Okay. <laughs> There's so many people. My wife loves Dr. Mario. She We have it on the Switch. She actually downloaded like a 60 game classic pack thing or something. And I'll be in here playing something and I'll hear Dr. Mario music in the other room. And I hate that game. I, I, I just, I don't like it. I don't know why. It's just, it's a terrible game. It's just, they're it's not fun. They're trying to play on the Mario name and sure. I think it's terrible. It's Tetris, but way
1: worse. Exactly. There is no reason to play Dr. Mario. I will say it's there's something very funny about the idea of Mario chucking these pills up into the air, and then you have to move them around. But it never made any sense to me. You would get these pills that had a color on each side. You would try to line them up. I would just rather play Tetris. I I think that's way more exciting. I never really got the appeal of Dr. Mario. So I'm with you, Josh. Okay. But I think I saw it was like the fourth or fifth highest selling NES game
0: that's why i brought it up because it's like that's it's a very very popular game but i just do not like it at all like i've played it a handful of times and i that's a handful of times too many in my opinion <laughs> so, i am with you man it's not good all right so uh, game memory i'm going to i'm going to ask you your opinion first and this this might be out all of left right. field so can you think of a time when you and your friends went absolutely bananas because somebody did something in a game or beat a game or you guys just were jumping around, cheering, like high-fiving each other? Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe like we did it, we beat it, or anything like that? On NES, I have
1: to say no. Okay. And I have moments like that on later consoles, but I was just so young, and the the Super Nintendo came out when I was still pretty young, so for me and my friends, we were all just a bunch of like 5 and 6 year olds trying to play Wizards and Warriors.
0: All right, I guess you guys aren't going to be high five and chest bump in. <laughs>
1: no, so, no. So I
0: can't say we ever had that. I still have this memory, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Okay. Mike Tyson yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. impossibly hard to beat. And the game, I love Punch-Out to this day. I think the game is phenomenal. And if you could make it to Mike Tyson, You couldn't beat the guy. Your reflexes had to be like the cat-like mongoose reflexes to dodge his uppercuts and his punches and stuff like that. I'll never forget being at my friend's house down in his basement. We had a lot of basements apparently back then. Um, (laughs) Because they had like a finished basement. That's where we'd do like sleepovers and stuff. It was awesome. But we were all taking turns playing punch out. And one of my friends made it to Mike Tyson and actually beat Mike Tyson and we went crazy, man. We were jumping around, screaming, high fiving, like, "Dude, you did it! I can't believe you did!" Like, ah, you beat Mike Tyson! Ah, you know, just like I mean, absolute just insanity going on. I'll never forget. Victory laps like, with high fives. Yeah, it really was. It was probably a like a solid ten minutes of like celebration going on over the fact that like this guy beat Mike Tyson in this video game. But I I love that game. They actually re-released it on. It wasn't the Switch, was it? Was it the Wii U? They 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 re-released it with like better graphics and stuff. And I instantly downloaded it and I loved playing it again. And it's funny because it's like you start to remember like some of the patterns. Like oh yeah. With King Hippo, like you'd have to like punch him, punch him, and then his shorts would fall down, and then you'd punch him, him in the him belly in the button stomach. and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny what you remember from playing the these games. dancer. Yep.
1: Oh yeah. What's funny is I did not play Punch-Out! when I was a kid. None of my friends that had a Nintendo owned it. But when I took a computer programming class in high school, my buddy Curtis and I downloaded NES emulators. And that was the first time I ever played Punch-Out! And so that was in, I don't know, 2000 or 2001. And that game held up. It was still super fun at that point. And my kids have played it. It's available on whether you have like an NES Classic or... I don't know what it's called on the Switch, but they have like access to old Nintendo games, and my kids still like playing Punch Out,
0: so I think it still has some legs. So you brought this one up, man. You started, you kinda went down this road a little bit, but Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2. Dude, the Mega Man series. Criminally underrated. Mega Man 2 was one of the best like boss fight games. I think, like, I'll say it, like, ever made. Like, honestly, like, I'm not a huge fan of platformers anymore. I just, I don't know that I have the patience for them. They feel dated to me. Like, I know they've made some really beautiful platformers, like Ori and the Blind Forest and stuff like that. Like, I've, I've played some of those. It's just not really my genre anymore. But yeah. Mega Man 2 was so good, man. And it's like you said, you could fight these bosses. You could pick a world. It was, like, the first, it wasn't open world, but it was the first, like... Fight who you want to fight. Your path. Yeah, choose your path, man. You want to go fight Leaf Man or Wood Man or whatever it is, and you want to go fight Metal Man, and or <laughs> you can like you could do it all. Flash Man, Heat the, Man. Yeah, but the thing was is like if you picked the wrong path, it was insanely hard, like almost impossible. Like it wasn't quite impossible, but it was close enough that you'd be like, oh, let me go try this. So the beauty of Mega Man Two was is that if you did the bosses in the right order, like it made the game significantly better because then you could actually, I don't want to say easier because it still wasn't an easy game, but you could really enjoy the boss fights even more at that point because you'd have the leaf shield or the charge blast, or I don't even like, it's been so long. I don't even remember what all the abilities were. And it was just great to get wrecked by one of these bosses and then go into that boss fight with the right ability and then it was like, oh, then you just revenge, man. You got to wreck that boss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was one of the cool things because every boss was weak to another boss's power. And so if you had the right one, it worked really well. So, for example, there was one uh, ability that you could get by killing one of the bosses where it would let you freeze time. And on one of the other levels, you would have to drop down from the roof run your way through a little bit of a maze, and then drop down to the next screen. Well, it was basically, from my recollection, impossible to do unless you had that ability. And so you could freeze it, and then all the rays that would come out and kill you, they would all
0: freeze in place, and then you could run through and drop down. I remember that now, yes, because there was yeah. the laser beam things that if you touched them, you would just die immediately right yeah. yeah oh man And so
1: you, you didn't you didn't have a mana bar but you had an energy bar and in the game you would grab these it looked like a can of oil is what i always thought it had an e and that would replenish your energy and then you could use these powers and it for for my in my opinion i think it's the best platformer game ever i think metal Mega Man 2 is just unassailable
0: i'm the same way like honestly i, I think of that game and i just think like i can't I don't know that anybody has done it better. Like with the number of bosses, the uniqueness of each boss fight—like that was the other thing—is it wasn't like just a boss that was shooting bullets at you. It was—they were vastly different, man. I I don't know. That game was amazing. That was like 20XX. Like I, I played Uh 20XX, which is isn't that free? It was free for a while on Epic Games. Okay, yeah, Yeah, that's what it was, and it was like it's a modern day (sighs) Mega Man, but it doesn't quite have it. No, it doesn't. It's missing something. So. All right, so here's a game I loved playing this game, but it was the worst game that I loved to play. Okay. Excite Bike. <laughs> Do you remember did you play Excite
1: Bike? Yes, I did. And what's funny is I don't remember any point to Excite Bike. I just <laughs> remember running no tracks, point. but you didn't you didn't race anyone. Did it did it even have like try to beat this time or set a world record. I don't remember there being
0: anything like that. I don't remember. All I remember is you could play and you could do the jumps over the the hills and try to land. And I think maybe there was like time trials to beat a stage or something like that. I just I don't know why I I liked playing it, but it was it was a terrible game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it having very much substance.
1: But I, the, like you, I remember loving it though. I remember playing it all the time.
0: And I don't know why. I don't know if it was the sound effects, I don't know if it was just the jumps and the like having fun like going over jumps. Now, if I remember right, it did have a level editor. So maybe it was one of the first games where you could actually like build your own track and I remember me and my friends like making some like insanely big jumps and hills that you could okay. barely get up and if you landed funny like you'd land on the top of a peak and then your guy would wreck and stuff like that and i remember us like just trolling each other and doing that but i don't like you know ex-
1: you'd, you'd always wreck and your guy would like fall out of bounds like he would fall
0: and then it would push his bike off yeah, yeah. i don't know what it is about excite bike but it was like it was one of those games that i finally remember but then like when i actually why? think about it i'm like, <laughs> like why <laughs> there's nothing to this game man it's because you only had access to like
1: eight games, and that was one of the better ones at the time.
0: Yeah, honestly, um, it beats Doctor Mario. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I don't. I I love my wife, man, but I don't know why she likes that game so much. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than a couple. Of, I'm I'm gonna three of these games coming up. L- Super Mario Three, right? I, I mean, to me, is one of my favorite older Mario games. You know, before they got into like the 3D Mario's and stuff like that, but Super Mario 3 I thought was incredible. Um the Raccoon Mario, you know, you got the tail you could fly oh, yeah. and then that would let you fly above the levels. So remember you could I forget mm-hmm. which level it was, but you could wind up skipping ahead worlds because there was the secret that you could do if you could get the tail and then fly up along the block. Get that whistle
1: uh, yeah, to uh, Warp Worlds. You you had pull down on the white
0: box, and you could run behind everything. Oh, man. See, there were so many good things about that game. Oddly enough, I'm not a huge fan of the original Mario. Oh, Mario 1. You know, like, the, the NES that came, I mean, it shipped with the NES system. You know, that was the game that my brother was playing, and I heard the music. Like, at the time, I remember thinking, like, this game is incredible, but for some reason, it just got old to me fast. You know? Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Like That's why I think Super Mario 3 is great, because it's like they added enough elements to it mm-hmm. like, so that I was like, okay, this is like a game that I love to play. But the original Mario, I found that I got kind of bored with it fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, and I think for most people, they would say Mario 3 is their favorite platformer. I actually misspoke earlier. I'm not going to say that mega man 2 is my favorite castlevania symphony of the night you would probably qualify as a platformer i like that one more but uh mario 3 is so good mario 1 i think is still really good the only problem is that since i always used all the warps to me both of those mario games are only like six or seven levels because in the original mario (laughs) you would play 1 1 and then 1 2 warping to 4 1 And then four, two, and then warping to world eight and just doing those four levels. And so to me, if I ever go back and play those nowadays, when I get to worlds five and six, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot there was a whole ice world. And I don't I don't even know how to play those levels. They're still new to me to this day. They're brand new games when I was a kid. Yeah. You just always used all the shortcuts.
0: See, that's weird. I was the opposite. I would want to go through all of the worlds and beat it. And then on playthroughs after that, I'd be like, okay, I've done that. Like, now I can skip through them and stuff. But yeah, that's funny. So, so you mentioned Castlevania. I've never played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and I need to pick that game up. But the original Castlevania, Uh huh. I remember when this game came out, and I don't know that they're like, at the time, was there a more like atmospheric game? for the inia because castlevania like that was that was the thing that made it so great it was very
1: atmospheric and i don't remember which castlevania it was um but my good friend skip rogers <laughs> taught me how to play that one castlevania and i remember that you were collecting like dracula's body parts and i, I remember so. as a kid thinking that was really creepy because you would find like dracula's heart or like other relics from Dracula and I remember even as a kid just watching that thinking that that was creepy and the levels looked very creepy even though I don't think I ever actually played it.
0: Yeah, I don't it's been a very long time since I have played the Castlevania series. I don't remember a lot about them. I do remember playing Castlevania if I recall and I could be wrong and I might even be thinking of like a future Castlevania game here. So forgive me. But if I remember right, one of the really cool things about Castlevania was that you could get like different weapons and stuff in that game. So as you're exploring the sure. castle and it's, you know, the platform elements, you had your boss fights and stuff like that. But then part of the thing that I thought was really cool was that through your exploration and stuff, that you would get different weapons and that would change the way that the game felt. And in a game that's as old as. Castlevania was for a system that's as old as the NES was, that was kind of groundbreaking back in the day. Like, you know, that that it's kind of like harkens to like something like ghouls and goblins, you know, where you started off with the Lance, right. Or Contra where you could get like the spread shot weapon and things like that. But it was like, they were kind of figuring out that adding flavor to the gameplay would keep the gameplay fresh.
1: Oh yeah. And, and having RPG elements like an inventory system, But, yeah, you could have, like, the uh, chain whip in Castlevania. Someone called us out on that on our Discord server. They did. I know. (laughs) We we said that there were no other whips in pop culture other than Indiana Jones. And they were like, you're forgetting Castlevania. And we're like, oh, of course. Yeah. You know, Richter having the whip. That's a great one. But, yeah, being able to swap weapons in and out, having long swords, short daggers, whips. Yeah, very, very cool.
0: So that series was great. I'm going to pick up soon through the night. I'm we're playing Terraria right now, you know, it's like, but I, that's one of those things where I'm going to pick that game up as a, just a good single player game to play. Cause I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. And it would feel really neat to kind of go back to the Castlevania world. Um, oh, it's great. Okay. So it, I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about legend of Zelda. Okay. Like the, like, the Zelda games have progressed through the years. Amazingly. I, I am. Breath of the Wild is the culmination of Zelda games to me. I did not enjoy Twilight Princess, like, at mm-hmm. all. I remember my wife and I being very excited for that game, because we've always played the Zelda games together. Um, I mean, I thought Ocarina of Time is still up there in my top ten games. I I can still sing the tunes from that game in my head at any given moment, <laughs> and it's been decades since I've played it, um, you know, but the the original legend of zelda was groundbreaking now that game does not hold up (laughs) so i will i will preface this by saying it is old and it feels old at this point but back in the day 32 years ago (laughs) 32 years ago oh my goodness man 32 years ago this game was one of the most complete games like, in existence, in my opinion. Between the exploration, the adventure, the music, the secret rooms that you could find, the boss fights, the the story. I, I mean, it was just... I don't know that there was a more complete game than out there than Legend of Zelda. Maybe Metal Gear. The initial Metal Gear was super, super good as well. Was that NES? I can't remember. That was was, NES. Was it? Yeah. So those Mm -hmm. two games, to me, are really kind of like side-by-side in how epic they were. How funny.
1: Yeah, I did not play Zelda back in the day, but I do remember reading that Miyamoto, who made the Zelda games, was not happy with Zelda 2, even though I know that one is considered... One of the greatest games really? of all time. Yeah, he still says to this day that it, it could have been better. You know, just I guess holding himself to that high oh, wow. standard, man. Yeah, and, and I and I think Zelda might have been the first game where you could save, where it had a battery in the cartridge, because normally on NES you would lose your progress. So oh, games but like that game Punch Out, too long. yeah, games like Punch Out would give you a code, and that way when you played later, you could type the code in and it would put you back to that level. It was like a built-in cheat, but. For Zelda, I know you could actually save your progress
0: using the little watch battery. Double Dragon. I don't know if you ever played that game, but that, I love Double Dragon. That was another game that was super fun to play with friends. The only one of my the things that stands out to me in that game was there was friendly fire. So if you were punching, you could accidentally punch your friend. And then that would always a hundred percent of the time devolve into the grabbing them by the head and then kneeing them in oh, the face you like the five knee? or yeah. six times, and then you would <laughs> chuck them over, you'd turn around and you'd like body chuck them. And then I just I'll never I mean, Double Dragon always just wound up being you and your friend fighting each other uh before moving on to the next level. Um it's funny because when you when we were talking about this show, and then I was like, I love the NES, but I don't know how much I'm going to remember about it. And then it was funny because it just opened up like, <laughs> like opened up the, the box lid and all. I knocked all the cobwebs out, you know? And then yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. like, dude, I could talk about this forever, man.
1: Yeah, it's funny how they can just really flood back just because you'll think of a game that you haven't thought about in 20 years and it just immediately comes right back. Yeah. How funny. Well, in the uh, last segment of the show here, I have just a a, a brief quiz that I want to give you, Josh. Ooh. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-oh.
1: Pop quiz, hotshot. Uh-oh. Shoot the hostage. (laughs) Shoot the hostage. Everyone knows. That's that's the answer. All right. So, on the NES system, how many games do you think sold at least one million copies?
0: It's got to be a lot, dude. There was 68 million NESs sold. How many games sold at least a million? I'm gonna say twenty. Seventy-five. Seventy-five games sold a million. Dude, Mm -hmm. that's insane success in today's standards.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I I pulled. I pulled numbers from modern
0: consoles. Did you? The
1: PS4 had thirty-five, and the Xbox One had thirty-one. So this really just shows the monoculture. Of NES at the time, you didn't have this split of whether you were PC or if you were Xbox or PlayStation or you know Nintendo. Everyone just had an NES. So you had seventy five games that sold at least a million copies. That's wild. Nintendo's rich, man. <laughs> yeah they, they, they made out very well. It's <laughs> funny to think that a lot of people thought that it would fail when it first released. All right. And then question number two, you actually kind of hinted at this earlier. The introductory price was one hundred and seventy nine dollars. What do you think is the equivalent
0: in twenty twenty one dollars? Oh man, Uh I'm gonna say three hundred and like eighty bucks. That's a darn good guess. Is about four hundred thirty three. Oh, that's not. Yeah, see, that's price. That's a chunk of change. Man. I mean, that's people your... complain
1: about the PS five <laughs> prices, but that's what it cost back in the day. <laughs> so things have not changed very much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not as bad thinking about it in terms Dang, like that.
0: I'm impressed with my brother, man. Like, that dude saved yeah. up... You're telling me a 13-year-old kid saved up, like, what would be equivalent of almost $500 in today's economy? Like, that's crazy, man.
1: Yeah, it's pretty
0: good. All
1: right, true or false? When you win a match in pro wrestling, you are welcomed by the message, a winner is you.
0: That's it. I feel like that's a different game. Is this the... <laughs> Actually, no. I think yes. No, true. that's that is
1: this game. It is
0: true. That's the one where you had the Star Man. Is that it? Was that that pro wrestling? I'm trying to. Th- I loved that game, dude. It has to be because that was the same time frame.
1: I just love that a winner is you still survives to this day as a meme. You know, I I still say it all the time. I'll say a winner is you. This is back when a lot of the games were developed in Japan. They were translated. Yeah. Didn't always translate it quite right, Dude, and so you ended up with some of these. I forgot you know, about little idioms. pro wrestling, man. Oh yeah, pro wow. wrestling. All right, another question: True or false? Nintendo released their own sports games called baseball, tennis, soccer, volleyball, golf, and ice hockey. I feel like that's yes, that's true. <laughs> Come on, Nintendo! You can't think of better names. I know. <laughs> If I was looking at Blades of Steel or Ice Hockey, I'm picking up Blades of Steel, man. Of course. That is a way better name. Oh,
0: absolutely. But that was probably the Americanized name for (laughs) the game, too. And Nintendo was just like, we want people to know what it is. It's golf. (laughs) It's very descriptive. Those NES games, a
1: lot of them are literally, you know, duck hunt because you're shooting ducks. You know, it's very literal of what the game is. Yeah, you, you didn't have any cool names like, you know, Grand Theft Auto. All right. Can you name the NES game that revolutionized
0: cinematic cutscenes? The NES had the first game utilizing oh, cutscenes. Was it The Maniac Mansion? Is it the Mm-mm. No, it's the I know what game you're talking about. No, that's not that's a No, I can't think of it. I did not play it, but Ninja Gaiden. Wait, that
1: Ninja Ninja I played Gaiden Ninja Gaiden
0: had- a ton, but I don't remember cinematic sequences.
1: The NES, the very first one has 20 minutes of cutscenes. The arcade version did not have any. They put them in for the NES so that way they could incorporate more of a story. Oh, that's so we have Ninja Gator to thank okay. us for.
0: Okay. I thought you're thi- mm-hmm. like, when you said cinematic, I'm thinking like actual, like people, like movies. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. movie cutscenes, not like no, people no, no. actually animated. Talking. Okay. I got you. I got yeah. you. That's what threw me yeah. off. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden was phenomenal. It's actually on my list. I didn't get to it because that game was hard.
1: <laughs> All right. True or false, the NES was originally designed to run off floppy disks.
0: Um, I'm going to say false.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's cartridge. That one is true. So I mentioned earlier how it was called the Famicom in Japan, which was a combination of family computer, Famicom. They put those together. So the original NES was a 16-bit machine running off of floppy disks with a keyboard. Five and a quarter floppies. The Nintendo president said, you know what? The average man does not know how to use a computer. That's going to throw them off. (laughs) Let's use cartridges and a controller. What a call, man. That little difference totally changed console history. It literally was just going to be a computer. It
0: would just be computers. Yeah. Yeah. If not for that, dude, that's that guy had no idea how history making that decision is nowadays.
1: Yeah. I mean, anyone can pick up a Nintendo controller. I mean, it's only got a D-pad, start, select, A-B. Like That's all it is. It's not intimidating. Anyone can pick it up and learn. So, yeah, what a call. All right. And then at one point... Executives believed that NES add-on accessories were the future of the console. How many goofy add-ons can you remember that were developed for the NES?
0: Okay. You had the gun from duck hunt. You had the mm-hmm. power glove, which I wanted so bad, dude. That, <laughs> I'll never glove. forget the commercials for the power glove. Um, you had best the best commercial ever. It did. They had lightning. Remember the lightning <laughs> in the background? The kid would be like, yeah,
1: it was like Thor's hammer. <laughs> he had like the IMAX screen behind <laughs> him. Did. Like anyone was like using that at home. Oh yeah. man.
0: I wanted that power glove. Something fierce, man. Um, you had the mat for the track and field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's probably a couple. I'm gonna say six, just to just to overguess. <laughs>
1: there's an entire Wikipedia page on no. NES accessories. Yeah, they developed a whole lot. Now, not all of them ended up making it to market. They made a knitting machine for the NES.
0: <laughs> Mario knitting.
1: <laughs> this is not a joke. You can look this up. You can see videos of how it worked. You could design. Uh, a a design on your tv using the nintendo and then you would have to move it kind of looks like an old school credit card machine and you would move it back and forth and it would knit the design that you made and the poster says now you're knitting with power now you're (laughs) knitting with
0: power." this is the kind of
1: stuff you got to give them credit for at least being creative i don't know who thinks let me use this nintendo to knit but this is the kind of stuff that they made. Uh They also have a laser scope that you would wear on your head. It was a headset, and it had a crosshair over your eye. And you could use it for games like Duck Hunt, where you would look, and you would move <laughs> the crosshair to be over the target. And you would say, fire, and then it would fire. Dude,
0: that's pretty revolutionary. That is revolutionary,
1: but Wikipedia does say that it was completely obliterated by reviews because everyone said that it never fired right
0: yeah because i'm sure there was lag back then
1: or just anyone saying anything in another room it would randomly fire so apparently it did not work well
0: i mean you gotta get nintendo still does it man like to oh, yeah. this day like i said i mentioned the Wii fit adventure i mean the ring you've got this ring that you squeeze and do all Put it this between stuff your thighs rip, and, and squeeze yeah, it exactly. yeah exactly you know you've got that you've got I mean, the, the Joy-Cons and the motion sensing and stuff like that. I mean, the Wii that had the motion sensing in the remote. Um, you had the balance board. I mean, Nintendo loves them some some crazy accessories. <laughs> they really do.
1: And the last one that I wanted to mention is the Game Genie. Now, oh. my kids did not believe me when I told them you could buy a thing that you would stick into your Nintendo, and then the game would go into the Game Genie, and it would let you cheat. Yeah, and they this blew their minds. They could not believe that this existed back in the day.
0: Now, I never owned a Game Genie, but I remember when they came out, and it was it was kind of like that thing where, like I was talking about with like Castlevania and stuff, where it, it it was a way to prolong the life of your games because you might know this game, but if you had a Game Genie, you could mess that game up in so many unique ways and cheat in that game that Mm -hmm. it would kind of make it fresh again, and you would just keep playing that game for a a while.
1: Yeah, I I never owned a Game Genie, because I didn't have the old-school consoles, but I do remember buying my Nintendo 64, and I bought a Game Shark, which did exactly the same thing. But yeah, I remember that always being fun, because you could maybe sometimes even unlock weapons that you couldn't find in the game. It was just in the game code, and the Game Genie could actually pull that out, and so you could explore other things in the games even if they didn't really make it to release. So they were very interesting in concept. Gotta love the game, Genie. All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's all I had for you, Josh. Any closing thoughts or anything to say on, on the NES? What a great system.
0: It, it really was, man, I know it doesn't hold up to this day. And there's probably some of our younger listeners that are going like, I don't know anything you guys are talking about right now <laughs> this is your history son <laughs> i mean it was this is what started the revolution like honestly like i had an atari like before mm-hmm. nintendo i i mean you know my family always had computers we had the old school atari then we got like an atari 2600 but there was something about the nes that made it amazing like they, they were the first ones to do it right. They were the first ones to have really good games. Like I had an Atari, but those games were terrible, man. Like honestly, <laughs> like they really were. There were not many like revolutionary games. And Nintendo, that's cranked what they them did out. right. Yeah. I mean, they cranked them out, they were fun. There was not very many like trash games that existed. I mean, there were a few, don't get me wrong, but the majority of games were fun to play. I I mean, it's it, it was a it was a Golden time to be alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What an age for gaming. So, you know, thank you for sticking with us and listening to the show. I think everyone who's left listening at this point has got to be 32 years old or older. We probably lost. They're, everyone in, they're else. in
0: nostalgia land with us <laughs> though, man. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so hopefully you guys enjoyed, uh, you know, reminiscing a little bit about the NES, even though I never owned one, it was still a blast to play at my friend's houses And I always tried to get my friends to invite me to spend the night at their houses so that way I could play NES. So hopefully you guys enjoyed spending this time with us. We will be back with another show on Thursday. Just as a reminder, please leave us a review, rate us five stars, write that review up, and maybe we'll read it on one of our future shows. And I think that's about it. So you can find us on social media at multiplayer pod. And also please check out our YouTube channel. Todd, who was not with us here today, has released our first video as of late where Todd is spending some extra time curating videos for that channel. So you can find that at multiplayer podcast. And the first one that he put out is great. He made a little bit of a tutorial of tips to begin in Rust. So go check that out and, you know, go give it a thumbs up. And, and that way we can also, you know, support Todd and the video work. That yeah, he's, he's putting a lot of work side. into these
0: um, and it's, you know, it, they're going to be awesome. The first one he did. I mean, it's the first video he's done in a while. I think it came out great. It's perfect for people that might be interested in Rust. But are like how do I get started? Because hear, I've heard you guys talk about like how hard it is to get going in that game. And he really breaks it down real quick to just be like, here's how you get your feet under you. So definitely go check it out. All right, we'll see you guys on Thursday for This Week in Gaming, and
1: then we will be back the following Monday covering Terraria. So until then, happy gaming.
0: Should I cover like eight more games now, Paul? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like,
1: Ghosts and Goblins. This, the first playthrough, it's all a dream, and then you gotta do it again.
0: Oh, it was a dream, <laughs> wasn't it? I forget. Yeah, Dude, that people game-
1: hated that.